can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So Jo. Yes. I have a Chanel foundation update. Oh, Yes, been waiting for this. <laughs> for those that didn't listen to our bonus episode, we were chatting about a JLo Beauty Secrets video on Vogue on YouTube. And she has this technique of doing her contour where she contours and then she uses this Chanel foundation to blend in her contour. It looks amazing. Yeah, flawless. And I was so sold on the foundation that I really was going to go buy $100. (laughs) I have about like 20 foundations. Like I don't need to buy a $100 Chanel foundation. I was really sold. Like she just really sold it to me. So I went into Chadston. Yeah. I went to the Chanel beauty counter and Got the number I done. So foundation, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, Kate Morris actually. Founded it, yeah. So I'd actually already gone to foundation, put in my like three shades and it was a 30. By the way, I should probably tell you what the Chanel foundation is. What is Chanel Vita Lumiere? So it's the Chanel Vita Lumiere Radiant Moisture Rich Fluid Foundation. And so if you see it in the Beauty Secrets, it seems like quite, it's kind of serious. It looks a bit serum or something. Like it's a fluid. It just looks so like radiant. Anyway, I was reading all the reviews online. People were just like, I've used this for 10 years. They're obsessed with it. The only thing was that they said it wasn't like it says medium coverage, but I think people had said like it's mm-hmm. not really like you don't get like heaps of coverage. And I was like, am I going to pay a hundred bucks for a foundation where I just don't have enough coverage? It sounds like my kind of foundation. Well, okay. <laughs> so I went in, I grabbed the 30 and then I tried it on and I was like, mm, yeah, it's nice. Like I thought it was nice. Did they give you a sample? No, I just tried it on. Oh, at the counter. Yeah. I just went in. <laughs> put some on my face because I just wanted to see what it was like. Yeah. And it was, I would say like light to medium coverage. It was definitely like luminous. It looked really nice, but I thought I definitely could probably find, I'm going to try the L'Oreal as a dupe. Yes. So it was like a luminous, very thin texture. Is that sort of what the L'Oreal, because I was just going to get that one. The nude plumping tinted serum. Yes, that one. I love that foundation. Love, love, love. Yeah, you should try that. I think I'm going to try that and I'll report back and see if they were – they're obviously not going to be super similar. It's different foundations. But uh, you would love – I think you would love this Chanel foundation. Let's not get me addicted to a $100 Chanel foundation right now. Not in this climate. (laughs) But – Listen, I was going to buy it because I asked, did they have Shade 30? She said they've been sold out. Uh. The J-Lo effect. <laughs> they don't have 30 anymore. It's like one of the shades that they don't have. And I was like, oh, well, there's my answer. Yeah. The universe said no. Saved a hundred bucks and I will have, how much is that L'Oreal foundation? Let me check. L'Oreal. Um, What's it called? I want to say it's maybe $40. It's the nude tinted plumping serum. 
True match plumping. Oh, okay. That's $39.95 on a door. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get that. I'm going to try that. That looks really nice. Yeah. It's really nice. You will need to powder okay. and prep your skin properly because it is very like luminous, but I feel like it does dry down a bit. It's not that wet look all day. Whereas I've used other foundations that are that like real dewy all day. But every time I wear that foundation, I get so many compliments on my skin. Yeah. It's insane. Every single time I wear it, I just love it. It's so nice. Well, I did think the Chanel one dried down because it says it guarantees eight hours of nonstop hydration and comfort and it's a satin complexion. It says the result is a visibly rested, satiny and even complexion. I think I'm going to try the – it's $39.95. We'll give it a go. Yeah. What do you got to lose? Do my foundation, find my match and I'll let you know. My only thing with this is that technique. I'm going to have to nail the technique. With the contour underneath. Yeah. Yeah. She seemed like she was using a fluffier brush. Yes, she did, didn't she? I use quite a fluffy brush for my contour. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I tend to do that. I use a foundation brush. Oh, okay. Interesting. No, I use like a blending one, like a real techniques blending one. Okay. Well, this is to be continued. Give that a crack. Yeah. And make sure you get two shades of the L'Oreal oh. one so you can do the lighter <laughs> shades in the center. <laughs> what is on today's episode, Joe? So today we are talking about PDA, mm-hmm. led by you. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that conversation's going, but we'll get there. And then we're talking about itchy skin with Elise from Lily Skin and, of course, our products we didn't know we needed. We're talking about PDA today. Joe. I want to start with what are your feelings? Do you and your boyfriend PDA? So I was very anti-PDA prior to meeting my current boyfriend. I'm not a very like affectionate person. It's always the way, always the way. People are like anti it and then they get into a relationship. My friends will joke about the way I hug them. Like I do like a one arm, like bum out yes. kind of like a Mr. Burn style. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You've been hugged by me before. You know, what it's like, like I don't go in for like a bear hug or anything like that. Like I'm a bit like, oh yeah, if it, this has to happen, it, you know, it's happening. Yeah. And like with a lot of my best friends, like we don't touch each other. Like we don't kiss each other on the cheek goodbye or anything like that. It's just very like, like, there's no affection there. I like that. But, yeah, then I met my current boyfriend and he has to be one of the most touchy people <laughs> I've ever met in my life. Like, he does not stop touching me. He's just constantly, he will be, like, rubbing my back or he'll be, like, Aww. massaging me or he'll have his hand on me or he'll be holding my hand. Aww. And I was just not used to that. So at the start I was a bit like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get mm. off me. But now that I've adjusted to it, I feel like I've just taken that on board and now I'm the same. <laughs> it makes me a little bit sick, but my friends will see us together and be like, who are you? Because it's so out of character for me. <laughs> so are we talking like tongue kissing in public? Oh, no, 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 no. We're not Courtney and Travis kind of level. <laughs> We're not Courtney and Travis. More like just having our arm around each other or like I'll sit on his lap or like hold his hand or something. Okay. How did you used to feel when you saw other couples doing that? I didn't really care, to be honest. Okay. Like, do whatever you want to do. I don't appreciate Courtney and Travis tongue kissing in front of that real estate agent that one time. Oh. That's a bit much for me. For me, with them, it's the open mouth and just the the tongues touching. Yeah, it's giving Kath and Cal. Mm. And I don't. 
I'm not into it. Yeah, it's the tongue touching for me. That's too far. Yeah. A bit of hugging and like, you know, embracing. I'm okay with that. I think for me, I would just get irritated. This is me being very honest. Like with PDA, I'd see it and I'd get irritated because that's what probably I wanted when I was single. Yes, okay. So I was like, oh, that's just, just stop it. Like I remember being at the beach and this couple was just like, too much all over each other and then I was like oh can they stop but then like literally a month later I met my boyfriend and there were like sun lounges and I would be like move over and I'd jump on the sun (laughs) lounge with him and we'd be like all over each other and so I think then I was like oh okay you know what I mean like it was about it was my problem that I didn't like PDA yes but I think now Mm because we've been together more than a year now the PDA does slow down a little bit I think as you get along like you're not kissing as much yeah that hasn't happened to me oh really (laughs) I'm waiting for that I think he's just naturally a very touchy person I don't think it's gonna go away at home we're always like cuddling and kissing but it's more in public now it's probably just more just hand holding I would say yeah that's probably the extent but to be honest I'm sure yeah it's probably just do you hold hands in public yeah I love holding hands in public yeah it's nice (laughs) isn't it I don't you know what? I actually don't think I ever held hands with my ex-boyfriend, like pretty much anywhere. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> really? It was a very different experience, yeah. Joanna, who are you? I don't know. My friends are like baffled by it, yeah. Well, I can tell you that there are some people here that would not be happy seeing you in public with your boyfriend. Oh, okay. So- <laughs> Go on. So I asked, how do you feel about PDA? So people had quite strong feelings. Someone said revolted and offended. Oh, oh. (laughs) Someone just sent two vomit emojis. Okay, yeah. Another person said big yuck. Someone said holding hands or a peck is fine. Anything else, vomit. Okay, that's fine. That's pretty much (laughs) what I would do. This is funny. Nope, my hubby is a freak in the sheets but miles away in public. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) This person says, okay, so they hate it. It always makes me uncomfortable, but I don't mind being the one doing the PDA. This person hates seeing it, but doesn't mind being the person doing the PDA. I actually can relate to that a little bit because it does feel uncomfortable sometimes if you're sitting there looking at someone, you're just a bit like, oh, where do I look? It can be a bit like that. And this person hates seeing people do it but love being the one doing it. Yeah, okay, there's a common theme here. I think a lot of people relate to that. Do you know what I love in public? Okay, I shouldn't say this, but couples (laughs) fighting in public. Live for it. Yeah, live for it. Me and my boyfriend were walking down the street the other day and we were holding hands and we were, like, happy and across the road – we heard this couple just like screaming at each other and we were the only, oh, okay. the four of us were the only ones on the street and like they're screaming oh. at each other and I sort of like was like, I can't look away, I can't look away and he's like, come on and I'm like, just st- and it just kept going. I can imagine you, Hannah, your eyes would have been wide <laughs> oh. and you would have had your little straight, your straight face on. I'm the same with people on first dates because I can always pick oh. a first date, always. So can I. Yeah. I'll go quiet because I want to listen. Yep. I want to eavesdrop. I'll go shh. And then yes. I listen. <laughs> Same. Oh, I love eavesdropping on a first date. But you know what? I was really paranoid about that when I was going on lots of first dates with people. Yeah. 
was others hearing my conversations and it would just I would hear the couple next to me like at a different table be really quiet I'm like oh they're eavesdropping on me I would have people message me on Instagram that had seen me at the tan oh yeah on dates yeah so awkward I had people come up to me on dates and be like hey oh, listen to the podcast oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> Someone said, nice to see people show affection, can tell when it's genuine versus for show. Yes. I think that's nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Saw a couple with, oh no, saw a couple with a camera set up doing a jump and catch dance thing. Ick. No, sorry. No, <laughs> no. You lost me at the camera set up. <laughs> Fine with a peck. Anything more is a lot. I even feel embarrassed for myself. (laughs) Okay, Linda, mum Linda, guess what she said? I think Linda said yuck. Yes, she did. I know Linda so well. Oh, she wrote yuck, but Y-U-K, not Y-U-C-K, just Y-U-K, yuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Linda's not very PDA with Rob, is she? No. no. Oh, no. No PDA. Was she also the one that said freak in the sheets? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't her, but that's funny. Okay, so this person, because I had posted a photo of Harry Styles and Emrata, that was a full-on tongue kiss sesh, and someone wrote, not a fan for myself, but I've watched the Harry and Emrata makeup video easily a 100 times and I don't know why. Uh-huh. See, I feel like that was meant to be a private moment. I don't think that was so much PDA. PDA, I think, is like you're walking around a supermarket and you're holding hands or you're sitting at dinner with your friends and you're sitting on their lap. It's not like being behind a van <laughs> hooking up, you know? With like full tongue. Yeah. I feel like that was meant to be a private moment this is funny fine if you're participating let's face it we are jealous it's not us <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's how i felt that I'm... is the general consensus here yeah. is that yeah. yes it's fine if it's you but if you have to watch someone else doing it it's not okay i feel like the other consensus that i'm getting is that people don't mind pda as long as it's not tongue kissing Yeah, yeah. Just chill on the tongue kissing. Yeah. The other day I had lunch at a girlfriend's house and there was quite a few of us there and I leant over my boyfriend. He was sitting down I was standing up and I leant and put my arm around like his neck, kind of like onto his shoulder. Mm -hmm. He was like rubbing my arm with his hand and then I took my arm away and I signaled for one of my friends to put her arm back where mine was. And he did the same thing and he's rubbing her arm and the guy that he's talking to is like trying not to laugh. And then I tap her away and I get another one of my friends to come over and do the same thing and he did it three times until he realised. What did he say when he realised? He was like, you guys tricked me. I didn't even notice. I'm like, everyone had a different outfit on. How did you not notice that there was like a different texture of clothing? I really like that your boyfriend's really changed you, Joe. Yeah. Into a big PDA softie. Yeah, I never thought it yeah. would be the day. Oh, well, on that note, guys. <laughs> on that note, what? <laughs> on that note, we're going to get the music will go on okay. and then we'll go into the next segment. <laughs> so as we head into the cooler months, we thought we should be talking about itchy, dry skin. Those of us that are in the southern states might experience this a little bit more. So we have Elise Birchall, who is the Director and Dermal Clinician at Lily Skin in Canberra. If you are from Canberra, that is the place to go. Welcome back to the podcast, Elise. 
Hello, how are you guys? We're good, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. I wanted to start by asking what some of the common causes of itchy skin are and how can they be treated? Because I know there's a lot of different things that could be causing itchiness. I was about to say it's a very broad category. So I thought I'd break it down a little bit into a few different kind of sub points and then we can hopefully find the sweet spot. So there's probably three main categories that we look at with dry and itchy skin. So we've got those that are linked to skin conditions such as eczema and dermatitis, and the skin can be quite dry and flaky as well as inflamed. And then we have those dry, itchy skins that are caused by external factors such as our environment, so yeah, the cold weather is coming into winter, or our lifestyle and skincare. And these would be things that cause, you know, dehydration and general irritation or, you know, that tight feeling when you get out of the shower and you feel like you can't get enough moisturiser on your face. And then we have those, you know, itchy skin conditions that are caused more by genetics and aging as well, which a lot of people don't really associate aging with dry and itchy skin. But as your skin slows down in producing oil as you age too, your natural moisture levels will start to obviously decline and then you can more prone to those dry, itchy skin conditions. So, I mean, there's technically four categories because there's also your histamine type responses that can cause itching. So if you've got a weird rash going on or you get a mosquito bite and things like that, and that's when we start to see signs of inflammation and, you know, you can get the dry and itchy, flaky skin with that too. But really there's the three kind of first ones that we talked about before. So for eczema and dermatitis, and that's something we see a lot in clinic, I think it's such a common skin condition and people often present with it when they, you know, from a really young age and it sticks with them lifelong for most people and they can flare up and down they can be triggered by you know various factors whether it be internal things or external things and eczema and dermatitis and psoriasis all of those conditions usually require a bit of dermatological or medical intervention and they might do things like light therapy or you know topical steroid creams and they often explore the internal triggers as well that might be contributing to the conditions. So for these kind of skin conditions, you know, allergies and stuff can come into the picture as well to make that itchy and dryness worse. So these are kind of one of those things that might never completely clear, but they can be really well managed over the course of someone's life. And then there's the itchiness that might accidentally cause if we've, you know, overdone the exfoliants or the vitamin A and kind of started to strip our skin's natural barrier and the oil flow. And you can strip your skin's moisture in so many different ways, but being in air conditioning is a big one and being in really dry climates. So you guys in Melbourne would know all about that. Also using super hot water in your skin, which people might do in winter a bit more often as well because it's so cold outside. And, you know, there's the obvious things like not drinking enough water. All of that will contribute to the skin's hydration levels. And so for these causes of itchy or dehydrated skin, it's usually a little bit of this and a little bit of that that contributed to it. So, you know, the cold weather, the air conditioning, the overdoing it with skincare and bits and pieces. So the obvious ones here are kind of reducing those factors where we can and replacing the skin's moisture level with, you know, things like ceramides, good fatty acids, urea, cholesterols, and things that are naturally found in our skin. And then the last one, if your skin's aging, which unfortunately is going to happen to us all, it's devastating, <laughs> the um, epidermal tissue will begin to thin and that's when we start to see reduced sebum or oil production as well. And this lack of oil means we can feel a bit more tight or that dry, itchy sensation even more and we usually need a thicker, richer moisturiser to tackle this kind of itch. And I feel like we see that a lot in clinic with more of our mature clients going, I just can't get enough hydration, I need like a really, really thick, rich night cream. And that's usually due to the loss of oil so you'll have over time as you age. Nothing makes me itchier than not putting moisturizer on after I've fake tanned. If I if I'm on like day two of a spray tan and I haven't put moisturizer on, I am so itchy 
Like I can't sleep, like I can't relieve it. So I have to drench myself in moisturizer. That's so interesting. I love it. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else experiences that, but it, fake tan for me really like makes my skin so dry that I'm just so itchy. Yeah. So that's another one for you. That's ya. another one. <laughs> <laughs> so on the topic of the dry and cold weather, how can you prevent itchy skin in the first place? Yes, and prevention is key. And prevention is key for a lot of skin issues, but particularly for dehydrated or dry skin, you want to keep your skin's barrier happy because your skin's barrier kind of seals in all the good stuff and stops the bad things from being able to get in. And we kind of forget that prevention can go a long way. I think people kind of they wait until a skin condition might be at its worst to go, oh, I should probably start treating this and kind of just let it slowly creep in. So if we can avoid the creeping in, that's usually the best way to start. There's two things that I like to look at when we're preventing dehydration and dry skin. First one's your internal hydration by keeping your water intake up. But this isn't actually that important for managing skin dehydration. I think one of the things I see in clinic a lot, people will come in and they'll go, oh, I know I don't drink enough water and my skin's so dehydrated. It's because I only drink, you know, X amount of water per day. But that's, you know, part of the picture. But the bigger part is all the moisture that's getting sucked out of your skin from the outside in. So it's more important about the ingredients and the topicals that you use on the surface of the skin to be able to prevent that dehydration from, you know, starting in the first place. And we want to include things in our skincare routine like, you know, hyaluronic acid and good quality hyaluronic acid to help draw some moisture from the lower layers to the top and kind of seep in that water into the little skin cracks as we get closer to the surface. And then we want to seal in that water that we've brought in rather than having it escape by using a nice rich moisturizer. And these are things that might contain, you know, triglycerides, fatty acids, cholesterols, all things that are naturally found in the surface layer of our skin. And I know I said a rich moisturizer, but you often don't need to use something that's super heavy and super thick. You just need to use something that's going to help balance the kind of oil and moisture layer in the top surface of the skin. And then also going slower with the exfoliants and the vitamin A might help too. So over winter, your skin might be a little bit more prone to overdoing it. So overusing both of these can lead to increased cell turnover, which we like for the anti-aging aspect, but it can mean you have a little bit more dryness and impaired cells on the surface, which obviously can lead to dehydration. So while that cell buildup can lead to increased cell turnover, which is temporary, if you overdo it, you'll probably start damaging your barrier and that's when all the good moisture will just disappear. And another preventative thing too is, you know, what you put into your body in terms of hydration because our body needs good healthy fats to be able to keep our cells moisturized. So these can include, you know, maybe upping your intake of avocado and nuts and seeds and, you know, good fatty fish and things like that during the winter months, which should be an all-round thing, but maybe having a little bit more during the drier weather. And chill on the hot showers and baths, everyone in Melbourne and Tasmania. Chill on the hot showers and baths. That's what I need to do. I can't help myself. Love a hot shower. Same. Like boiling hot shower. Yeah, turn me into a lobster. That's what we like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, we live in cold places. Like, you're in Canberra, we're in Melbourne. It's freezing. And when you get in the shower, you just want to feel that burning sensation on your hands. Totally. You know, when you've been really cold all day and it's like it just burns. It's such a good feeling. Why would we not want that? It's really interesting (laughs) (laughs) when we have a lot of mature clients who come into the clinic and have this perfect redness around their decolletage area where, you know, it's probably from a bit of sun exposure, but they're always the ones that will say, oh, I just love my hot showers and I just stand there with my chest in the water. So over time it does obviously impair the skin, but it feels really good. Yeah, we we need to chill on that. So you've spoken about a few ingredients that you like in products. I want to hear, are there any specific products you recommend that you find particularly effective for soothing itchiness and irritation? I can think of a few off the top of my head. 
I think the few that you're thinking of might actually overlap with the few that I'm thinking of. (laughs) I'm sure they will. (laughs) And, you know, these kind of products don't have to be super pricey and expensive because Mm -hmm. often with dehydration and itchiness, it's living in the upper layers of skin, which means we only need products that are going to work relatively topically rather than seeping into the lower layers and doing more structural work in the dermal tissue. So we want products that might reduce a bit of inflammation and things that will act as a second skin and start to repair the skin's natural barrier. Now, one that I love is the Medicaid Hydrate B5 serum full of good quality hyaluronic acid. Mm, Love that. Yeah, and it comes in two different formulations too. So there's one that's a little bit stronger, but they both have different textures, which is good for people who are texture funny. But it's got the hyaluronic acid for hydration and then the vitamin B to help reduce a bit of inflammation. I also do like the Mesoesthetic Hydrovital range. I don't know if you guys have tried Mm -hmm. many of their products, but there's a mask and a moisturizer, but they're really rich. We recommend them for post-Cosmolan and things like that where your skin's quite impaired Mm. post-treatment. So it's definitely good for those who are, you need some skin love. And then moisturizer-wise, I'm a bit of a sucker for the La Roche-Posay Cicoplast B5 balm. Mm. You and I both. (laughs) It's just a good affordable option. Yeah, like it's not too heavy, not too light, but it just gives your skin an instant relief of like, ah, I'm moisturized. So that one and definitely the Dermaceutic Hyalceutic, they're probably my two favorite ones. Yeah, I was going to say the Bioderma Atoderm moisturizer. I'm thinking more body. When I'm thinking of itchy skin, I'm thinking body because that's what I experience. Yeah. But I love the Atoderm moisturizer. Is that the anti-itch one? Uh, I don't know, actually. I think Bioderma also have one that's got some anti-itching oh, really? ingredients. I've okay. used that before. I had contact dermatitis, so it didn't do much for contact yeah. dermatitis. But I think that would be good if you just had like that sort of dry, itchy skin. Yeah. Another good one is La Roche. I think it's La Roche Lipicar oil mm-hmm. yeah. to mm-hmm. wash with in the shower. So fine if you get really itchy skin, washing with a shower oil can be beneficial in treating that. A hundred percent. And there's things like the go-to face hero Mm -hmm. drops. Anything that's got a bit of moisture to it will be good for itchy skin. And you just want to avoid things that have, you know, exfoliating acids or harsh actives or fragrances, if that's what you're kind of sensitive to, until the itchiness subsides. Mm -hmm. Another one I just thought of is the Aven Zera Calm range. Starts with an X. X X-E-R-A Calm. Mm -hmm. I think that was particularly designed for people that struggle with things like eczema and dermatitis. So that's another one to keep in mind. Do you know what another one I thought of? A lot of people will have in their cupboards Skinstitute Laser Aid because almost everyone we know has had laser hair removal. Yes. That's a good one. And, you know, this one, it hangs out in our cosmetic graveyard drawer, kind of waiting for another opportunity to use it. But it is actually quite good to reduce inflammation and irritation. So if you have had a mosquito bite or you're feeling particularly itchy or, you know, you've got acne and things like that, you could always use this as a spot treatment or a mask or a moisturizer. You've given us some products, but I guess we'd love to know, like, when should you see a doctor or a dermatologist for itchy skin concerns and what treatments might they recommend? Mm, Great question. I think if you've had something pop up that's causing you pain or discomfort and it's affecting your daily activities or you can feel it during the day bothering you or, you know, you just can't get through your normal day without going, I'm itchy, I need to scratch, it's probably a good time to have a chat with your GP. If you've tried managing it at home, you've done all of the topical things, you've kind of done as best you can and you haven't been successful and this, you know, you might have tried Dermaid cream or antihistamines and good skincare, it's probably time to seek some interventions. So your GP will usually, you know, they can help with some conditions. If they can't, they'll then refer you on to a dermatologist or someone who specialises in skin. And 
A doctor might prescribe various topical prescription creams, you know, often steroid-based, which are good for managing concerns in the short term, but often not so good for the long term. So what we often see is that a client might go to the doctor and get their prescription topical. They'll use that for a couple of days to a week, and then they'll come and see us as dermal clinicians to help manage the condition long-term without those medicine-based products. So if you're seeing a dermal clinician or a dermal therapist, they might do things like LED light therapy, various laser and light-based treatments. And depending on the cause of your itchy skin, they might do some microneedling or some hydrating facials. It really varies on what's causing the itchiness, but often it's about repairing that top layer of skin and maybe reducing some of that inflammation inflammatory response with light-based treatments. I really recommend seeing the GP. I left it so long. I was so itchy around my ankles and my boyfriend said I was waking him up in the middle of the night itching in my sleep. I just left it too long and then I'm thinking, oh, I can manage it myself. But then I went to the doctor and I used like a topical steroid for a few days, gone, and then it hasn't come back. So really recommend that. Yeah, it kind of puts the itching to the side. Can any foods or like allergies contribute to itchy skin conditions? A hundred percent. If your body doesn't like a certain food or something in your diet, then yes, definitely. Mm. And that would stimulate a bit of your histamine response within your body, which causes a bit of that kind of itching and inflammation and swelling. And an unhappy inside will often show on the outside, particularly on our faces too. And modifying your diet, it should always be done under the guidance of a health professional. Let's kind of put that out there. But it's important to have all the right nutrients in your diet. So you don't want to be cutting out things like gluten or dairy or big food groups without having the right kind of care. But you can start lowering your intake of certain foods that you think might be a trigger for you and noting how they interact with your skin when you do or don't have them and how it makes you feel. Because also then if you do go to a professional to help you kind of manage your diet, they'll have a lot more information from the get go. Sometimes gluten and dairy and refined carbohydrates, they're not the devil at all, but they can be triggers for some people. And it's not generally a key cause of itchy skin, but it can be contributing to the bigger picture of, you know, all the little things that come together. And some people might also look into a lower histamine diet. I don't know if you two have explored that very much, but people might get an allergy-like response to certain foods that contain higher histamine levels. And these are things like fermented foods, alcohol, tomatoes, spinach, strawberries, canned fish. And sometimes lowering your intake of these kind of things might assist with the histamine component for some. And then obviously too, you want to have the good healthy fats in your diet to help keep your cells moisturized all through your body so they don't feel that dry, itchy sensation as much. So it's probably a bit of a process of elimination in that case. (laughs) Definitely. Are there any long-term effects of chronic itching and how can you prevent or manage them? Definitely. Aside from being very uncomfortable for a long period of time, yes. But the top layers of your epidermal tissue and the structures underneath, they'll start to become a bit more and more impaired over time due to the constant inflammation and the itching. So our skin, it needs moisture to do its thing. And if it hasn't got moisture, it's going to become a little bit more impaired. And you might see things like accelerated aging or premature aging. And a skin that's more likely to react with allergic responses, you know, contact dermatitis, things like that. So if we've got constantly itchy skin, that means our barrier is probably constantly impaired, which means it's more prone to sensitivity and any kind of reaction. So some patients will find it's beneficial to take that omega-3 supplement, good healthy fats that you might not be able to get enough of in your diet just from your regular food. And this can help protect the skin cells and add hydration. But it's really all about topical skincare for prevention and getting that hydration in 100%. Thank you so much for joining us today, Elise. I really appreciate that Elise has actually worn her dressing gown to our Zoom (laughs) meeting. (laughs) And Joe's worn her dressing gown. I always wear my dressing gown and Elise is the first one that's worn (laughs) hers back. 
And I love that. I like to be comfortable. So what can I say? (laughs) Product we didn't know we needed, Hannah. Mine's an expensive Mm. one today. How much? $209 for 50 mils. Oh, 50 mils is quite big. Yeah, look, it is quite a sizable piece of packaging. A lot of serums are 30 mils, so 50 is not too bad. Mm -hmm. It is the Lancome Renergy HCF Triple Serum High Performance Anti-Aging Concentrate. Long name, but essentially it's short for hyaluronic acid, vitamin C, niacinamide, and ferulic acid in this formula. Mm. So the interesting thing about it, and I think this plays into the price a little bit, is the packaging. So there's like two chambers, or there might be three chambers actually, that hold all of the ingredients separately. And then when you pump it out, that's when they get mixed together. Mm. So it's quite interesting the way that they've done the packaging so that it's it's like being freshly formulated every time you pump it. It's got a lovely smell to it. If you don't like fragrance, I wouldn't recommend it because it is quite strong. Like a lot of Lancome products are quite nicely fragranced, but if that's not your vibe, it's probably not for you. It's, as I said, got the HA, the C, the niacinamide, the ferulic acid. We know that there's a lot of antioxidants in there. So a really nice morning serum. I've been using it morning and night. And I just feel like it gives me this beautiful glow. They say it's great for addressing dullness and dehydration, ideal for mature skin. So if we're looking at like over 50s would be great. I just usually use this on its own after cleansing and then chuck a moisturizer over the top and an eye cream. And that's it. Like I wouldn't bother putting anything else with this because it's got so many Active ingredients. good ingredients in yeah. there. Yeah, I just don't feel like I need something else. So if you are looking for a product that's going to do a lot at once, this might actually be a really good option. Like if you say you're listening to this and you know your mum wants to get into skincare, but she's not someone that's going to use 14 different products, then get her a cleanser, this serum and a moisturizer and an SPF. And that's pretty much her routine done. And you're getting that vitamin C, niacinamide, HA all in one product. Mm. So if, if you consider that the price isn't that bad, like, you know, you spend more on SkinCeutical C for all it. That's a 30 mil Skin C. So yeah. 50 mil is quite big. So it's not too bad, but I understand in this financial climate, uh, $209 might be better spent on the electricity bill, <laughs> but I'll leave that with the audience to decide. If you've got the income to spend on this, then I can tell you it is a good product. What's yours today, Hannah? <laughs> My skin's been a little bit angry lately. What would you do? Oh, I just used a lot of retinol and I... Okay. Yeah, I was using it like way too much, I think. Anyway, it's fine. I'm just letting it chill out for a couple of weeks. So I did actually want to try this product, but it actually, I'm really glad that I did this because I got to see the results like firsthand. Mm. My boyfriend has approved this message. I did ask him if I could talk about it. Okay. So he was like lying on the couch. I'm like, I want to try this product. And it's the Mesoesthetic Pure Renewing Mask. He does use like skincare but I don't think he exfoliates enough okay yeah because the results were incredible really incredible I reckon it took five years off really well you should have done it before and after I know but I wasn't expecting the results to be so amazing yeah so don't you hate that oh I hate when I don't take a before shot (laughs) so I put it on his skin and then I left it on for 15 minutes as he was watching tv and then I came and I wiped it off with a face washer. So it's got and clay, which is like purifying. It's got salicylic acid, which is a BHA. It's got mandelic acid, which is an AHA. Also got a physical exfoliation as well as the chemical Mm. exfoliation. 
That would be really good for oily, congested skins. I then took it off and I was like, oh, my God, his skin looked like instantly more like refined. It was like so clear. Mm. And I feel like it'd take, there must have been so much dead skin on the top layer of his skin. Yeah. It was like, whoa. And and I just like couldn't actually believe it. I was like, you actually, it's taken off years. I mean, this is not going to happen for everyone, but I think it was such a dramatic effect. What did he say about it? He honestly was like, couldn't really, like, you know, boys can't really tell what's going on. But I thought that it really worked and so the way that you use it is you have like clean dry skin you put like a layer of this mask leave it on for 10 to 15 minutes emulsify with a little bit of water and then you like massage to activate the exfoliating particles and then rinse it off and then put a serum and moisturizer oh there's no reviews i wish other people had had the same experience yeah Well, they might now. If you've got oily, acne-prone skin and quite thick skin, I would say that this would be a product for you to try. That sounds awesome. Yeah, really good. Meso Aesthetic do great products. Yeah. We've said before they're very underrated. Yeah, no surprises there. They need more hype. I love when they'll actually admit that something has made a difference, though. The other day I usually brush up my eyebrows with a spoolie in the morning and my boyfriend was staying next to me brushing his teeth and I just turned around and I, like, did the little spoolie in his eyebrows and he like went real close to the mirror. I was like, oh my God, that looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> never, never had his eyebrows brushed up before. <laughs> oh, that's cute. On that note, I want to talk about <laughs> men's towels. So there's something about men's towels. They're just rank. Like mm. I could use my towel for a week and I don't think it would smell as bad as his smells after one wash. Mm. Like I don't know what it is. But I looked it up this morning and allegedly it is because they tend not to dry them properly, like they just scrunch them up. And he actually sent me a Batuta article this morning Mm -hmm. and it jogged my memory on this. And it says, husband's way of hanging up wet towels, only marginally better than him throwing them on the floor. And it's got just a towel crumpled up on a towel rail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so true. They just do not put their towels away properly and they don't hang them up right. So then they just are damp the whole day and then they stink out the whole bathroom. All I can smell is that like mildew smell in the bathroom. There's a way to get that mildew smell because it's like bacteria. I've like read about this. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it can also be? Build up of your detergent, I read. Yes, I've read that too. You've got to use the white vinegar and the baking soda. Yeah. If If you Google it, there's a way to get it out. Does that work? Yeah, so I actually used that to clean. I did a drum clean of my washing machine the other day and I used baking soda and vinegar as like the cleaning agent and that seemed to really take the smell out of my washing machine. So can recommend if you're finding you're washing your towels or your sheets and it's still got that like moldy smell, then give your washing machine a clean. I looked up a few TikTok videos on like what's recommended for how to clean it because I was like, I don't know what to put in there. Isn't it funny that we just become adults and then you're expected to know how to do these things? I'm like, I've never washed a washing machine before. I don't know how to do that. So yeah, I used vinegar and baking soda and that worked really well to take any smells out. How much did you put in? I think I put like two cups of vinegar to one cup of bicarb. Put the whole thing in? Yeah. You put two cups of vinegar and a cup of baking soda? Maybe half a cup of bicarb. I need to do this because I think my towels need... Just do it in your in your washing machine because sometimes it's just the washing machine is not very clean. Mm. 
But yeah, try mixing that in with your towels as well. I also did a little soaky soak. If you get yellow marks on white tops from Mm -hmm. sweat or deodorant, whatever it is, soak them in a couple of cups of vinegar diluted in water first, and then make a little paste out of hydrogen peroxide and baking soda and put that on the area. Let that sit for about half an hour and then chuck it in the wash. I give my whites to Linda if okay. they're stained, yeah. thanks. <laughs> I don't trust myself. Oh, I can't cook, but I pride myself on washing. I feel like I'm very good at washing and I love doing the washing. Yeah, I'm more of a cook than a, than a washer. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, yeah. nah, definitely, definitely a washer. So if you need to get anything out of clothes, just hit me up. Yeah. Me and I can give you some advice. Anyway, we'll see you all next week. See ya. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.